You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. So I had planned to talk about all the things that are annoying me today, but I don't know. There's been a a decent amount of feedback that surprised me that essentially was, look, I don't want your negativity. And that's surprising because usually everybody wants the negativity. So I'm I'm not going to do it. And I'm just, I'm not in the mood, dude. It's it's 8.15 at night. I should be asleep. I'm tired. I slammed a monster. It's not helping. I'm still tired. I want to go to bed. I just, I don't, I don't want to get mad. I don't want to get revved up about stupid stuff. So I'm just, I'm not going to. Now, if it happens to come up and I fly off the rails, I mean, I can't control that. But I don't, I don't have any intention of talking about it right now. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see how it goes. But instead, we're going to do something the opposite of that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be positive. And since the uh, first round mock did so well, we might as well follow it up with a seven round Packers mock. Am I right? I dropped my pencil. Yes, I am. Why do I have a pencil? I don't know. I'm flipping it around and smacking it on stuff, and it uh, it fell. So now you are up to date. Do have some other things that I want to go over, although blanking on what they are. Oh, first of all, phone is still dead. Destroyed, ruined. So if you're trying to get a hold of me and I haven't gotten back to you, that may be why. The folks in the Discord chat, I can't help you. I got nothing. Could pull it up on the computer, but that didn't dawn on me until right this second, so I apologize. Um little bit slow on the uptake with everything not including a cell phone right now. Because I don't get the notifications. That's usually where I see stuff. I don't think to be like, oh, I should go on the computer and look at Discord. So I, I, I can't help you. And you can't text me and all that good stuff. I did go to get it fixed today. Um, and we took it to a place that took care of my wife's phone. And I decided, oh, I don't need to call. It'll be fine. But just walk in. Big sign on the door, due to a loss in the family, we're shut down for the foreseeable future. So I get no more phone for another day. Although I, I, I got to be honest, um, I've been a lot more productive than usual, which is problematic because then it's like, should you even get your phone back? I mean, you're not dying and you're just doing what you should have been doing like your entire adult life, but haven't been because of cell phones. Like what, what is the benefit of fixing it? La- lack of productivity and you get to sit around and watch YouTube videos? Like that doesn't sound... Doesn't sound great, so I don't know what to do. What else was I going to say? Something about Facebook. Oh, the uh, the competition, the thing with the, the mock draft thing. We are up to 57 users, so we're making progress with that. I would like to get a bare minimum of 100 users on that. Again, it's very, very simple. I gave you the link. You enter code PACKERNET, all lowercase. You fill out a mock draft, and I believe it's going to live score, so I'm going to be doing a stream over at Green Bay Packer Nation Facebook page, uh, Brady and I are going to be streaming the draft, I believe, all three days. I'm not entirely sure. At least the first day, probably the second day, especially if they trade out of it. Third day, I don't even know if I'm going to be around. I got I got. What time does it start? I think I am. My son has a football game, but it's very early. Noon Eastern, so 11 o'clock. That's, like, perfect. Stop with the pop-ups. I think it starts at, like, 11-ish. So I'll be out of there by, I mean, 9-ish. I doesn't matter. This is not, you don't need to know any of this information. But I think, I think I'll think i be available and streaming on day three also. 
<sighs> so that's that. Oh, yeah, so we'll be streaming on there so you can see live the update on that, and then uh, one of you will be winning a $100 thingy. I don't know why I can't think of what it's called ever. It's not a coupon. It's a, it's a card, but it's it's you get $100 off stuff. Second place will be $50. Third place is going to be something that I really need to nail, nail down what it is so I can actually say what it is. <clears throat> the only reason I can't is because Jacob has a bunch of cool stuff that's signed Packers stuff, but it's not all Packers fans, so I'm trying to think of something else. I mean, I could just do a $25 thing, just another 25 bucks, whatever. But um, I'm doing this out of my own pocket as a way to try to get people excited, so I'd like to at least get as many people using it as, as dollars as I'm spending. That would be nice. So if we can get over 100 that'd be fantastic. Again, it's the simplest thing in the world to click on it and, and get signed up. Finally, um, I was contemplating whether I should wait on this or just tell everybody. I'm just going to tell everybody. If you go to packernetpod.com, packernetpod.com, I got a website. And it's a place where everything is going to be in one. If you need a link for Patreon, PayPal, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, all that stuff, I have the links right there. If you need any of the social media, the Facebook group, all that stuff, it's right there. All the episodes are there. The store to buy t-shirts and merch is there. Reviews, if you want to look at that, is there. Um, Everything is right there. On top of that, a couple very, very, very exciting new little things. Number one, you can subscribe to the podcast. I don't know if you'd want to do that, but you can. Put your name and your email. You get updates when there's a new episode released. That's kind of cool. Number two, right on the website is a little blue button where you can record your voice and send me voicemails right from the website. I haven't tried it on my phone, obviously, because I don't have a cell phone. But on the website, it does. I can do it right now. If I click right here, because I have a microphone attached to my computer, click Start Recording, and push... Uh, oh, i got to allow it to use my microphone. Timer should... Yep, timer's going. Da, da, da. Talking, talking. Push Stop Record. And I'm going to end up... Oh, you can put your name and your email in there. I'm just going to click out of here, because who cares? And then I will end up getting voicemail. So that would be a way that you can send me voice-recorded messages. Number three, most exciting part about this, I've started putting my transcriptions on here. It's completely free. I've got about 50 episodes completely transcribed, starting from April 27th, working my way backwards. So if you go to the search bar, let's say you're, you're like, all right, I, he, there was that one episode that was freaking awesome where he talked about uh, Devin Funches or something. Now, you got to remember, the transcriptions are not perfect. So if you try to spell the name perfectly, it may not get it right. So you got to try to be creative. But if I just type in Devin, I've got a couple things coming back here. Bench Begleton in Star Wars on April 19th. What about Josh Jackson and Devin Funches, April 17th? So it's actually reading all the transcriptions. And then if you wanted to, you can click on the episode. And then right here it says transcript. You can click on it, and it shows a transcript of the entire episode. Again, it's transcribing it. It's computer software, so it's going to be a little wonky, and it's not perfect, but... It'll be a good way if you want to go back and try to search and find an episode that you're trying to think of. The transcriptions will be in there. Um, It's all completely free. Again, just go to packernetpod.com. You got all this stuff right there for you to check out. Um, Pretty excited about it. All right. Um, What else? I want to talk really quickly before we get into more NFL news and notes stuff about this whole king and queen thing. I've I've kept my mouth shut, and I know I said I wasn't going ang- to get get angry, but but is it just me or is that getting a little out of control? I remember seeing, like very very rarely, somebody would mention something about a king or a queen, and it was like all right that's weird, but whatever. Now it's everywhere. 
And I was just upstairs, and my wife answered a question on Facebook about a mortgage. And somebody said, thanks, queen. Now, I don't know what is required to be a queen, but I feel like answering a mortgage question shouldn't qualify. Relax with the king and queen stupidity. But here's the other thing I thought about. Actually, as much as it's annoying and obnoxious and conceited and ridiculous and all that, all that stuff, it's actually extremely accurate because I started thinking about it and I was like, what is a queen? Number one, it's a title that is given to somebody not based on merit. And that person generally stomps around telling everybody else how to live their lives. And I thought about that and I'm like, that's exactly right. These people are kings and queens. They have a title that was given to them by somebody else based on having zero merit, and they go around telling everybody else how to live their lives. That's, that's, that's perfect. You are a king and a queen. That's, that's exactly right. That's, everybody on Twitter acts like kings and queens. It's a title that you inherited, you didn't deserve, and you're a little tyrant. Perfect. But it's still annoying, so stop saying it. All right, got that off my chest. And I know all that's going to happen now is it's going to be thanks king and thanks queen to everything I say 24-7. But that's fine. Even my son, when I put him to bed, he said thanks king as I was putting him to bed. I was like, dude, I'm just going to smoke you right in the face. I didn't, but I thought about it. I would, but he's six, so I didn't. All right, so news and notes here. we got a bunch of fifth-year option stuff coming out. Obviously, that's we're getting real close to the stuff that's annoying me, so I'm going to try to just skate through here and get out real quickly. Uh, Roquan Smith for the Chicago Bears, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Lamar Jackson, they've said, will be getting his fifth-year option. Um, As well, we can assume Jair Alexander will be getting his fifth-year option. Again, I'm not going to elaborate too much on that because I'm going to get upset, but there are some people who maybe think that they're going to let Jair walk because the Packers have a reputation, apparently, of not re-signing their not resigning their own guys. This is not actually uh, accurate information. If you didn't know, the Packers actually have a very strong history of resigning their own players. But again, we'll leave that alone. Um, another name that has come up as a potential shock first-round pick is Javante Williams. And on that note, I want to point out, it's been kind of noted that this year is very much up in the air, unlike any other, which is exciting. It, it kind of stinks as far as if you have money on the line for your mock drafts or whatever, trying to get them all right because your odds are way in the tank. But one thing that's always been very boring about mock drafts is when all the picks are exactly as we think they're going to be. And basically, what I've seen recently is a lot of people saying, it. people are going to be shocked. For example, I, I mentioned, what is it, Mills as a potential first-round quarterback, a guy that, according to the consensus big board, which is everybody's mocks and big boards all combined, he's like a third or fourth-round pick. Suddenly, out of nowhere, it's like, this guy is actually, the teams think he's a first-round pick. It just shows how big of a disconnect there is between where the media and and everybody is and where the teams are, and usually there's not that big of a disconnect. A couple guys go, especially at the back of the first round, that are not expected to be necessarily first-round picks, but usually they're like early second-round picks. This time, it seems like it could be some real crazy stuff. Now, Javante Williams isn't a super big shock, but it's kind of a big shock largely because he's a running back, and there's two guys ahead of him. And I I would have guessed maybe one of the top three running backs goes, like Najee Harris or something. Um, But that that would definitely be a shock. And it just kind of – it's going to be interesting on draft day because I think a lot of the guys that we're assuming are going to be gone are probably going to be available. But that also means we're probably not not going to be taking any of them. So it's it's going to be a lot of buildup for nothing. 
Um, and then finally, on the list of newsy news, some very, very, very good news. David Bakhtiari, according to uh, Brian Gutekunst, and again, I have not gone through the press conference yet because it's just going to annoy me, but um, it is worth mentioning he is way ahead of schedule. Uh, essentially, if he misses time, it will be very, very small amount of time, which that is fantastic news because it was always assumed, of course, he's going to miss time and it's probably going to be, what, maybe four weeks or something. Now it's kind of to the to the point of saying he may not miss. He'll probably miss time, but it might be like one or two weeks, slight outside chance he does not miss time, which would obviously just be the most amazing thing in the world. So that's fantastic news. As far as draft rumors, before we kind of get into our mock drafty draft, uh, there is some talk that Jabril Cox could sneak into the back of the second round. Now, I've always thought he was a late second round prospect anyways, but the reason that I bring this up as being interesting is because the Packers obviously are at the end of the second round, and so now that there's some buzz that that's about the range he's going to go, it gets you a little bit excited. I know some of you want a first-round linebacker and all that anyways, but as I've said, it's it's a weird thing, and it probably doesn't mean anything, and it's a coincidence, but the second round is where good linebackers are are from. Like, the vast majority of linebackers that are talented are second-round prospects. Secondly, Jabril Cox might be my favorite of all the linebackers in this class. And again, the word on the street is that he's going to go somewhere in the back of the second round, right where the Packers are. They're not saying Packers. In fact, that name isn't even on this list of potential teams, but that would get me beyond excited. If you want to watch me just freak out, even if it's not the most prudent thing in the world, if the Packers got, let's say, Rashad Bateman and then Jabril Cox... Well, what about tackle? What about corner? I'm just saying, if you want to see me do flips, that might do it. I'm not saying it's prudent. I'm saying it's exciting. It's like when little kids just eat the frosting on the cake. First of all, you're missing out on a very good piece of the cake. Second of all, you're probably just going to end up with a stomachache and, and getting sick. But that kid sure loves that frosting. It's not even the good frosting. It's like the, you know, the super sugary stuff. Not like the cream cheese. Now, putting these two things together... We got rumors, we got second-round linebackers, and we got a disconnect between the media and the teams. There's another name that apparently is a very strong second-round candidate that we have not really talked about very much because we have him as a consensus overall 140th. So what, fourth-ish round? Yeah, 140 is late fourth round. Apparently could be a second-round player, and that is Mr. Derek Barnes, linebacker out of Purdue. I should say second or third round. It's it's second day grades. Either way, considerably earlier than expected. In terms of PFF, I don't know why teams like him, but <laughs> I guess they do. Uh, terrible coverage grades, barely mediocre run defense grades. Fantastic tackler, though. So it is what it is. He's not going to get me excited, but that probably just means the Packers will take him. In the third round, just nonetheless. Not even going to give me the benefit of the the satisfaction of being a second-round linebacker. They'll wait until the third, take him at the back of the third. Interesting note on the uh, Bengals, which I brought up already, if you uh, follow me on Twitter. Apparently, the Bengals are really strongly considering Jamar Chase. The reason is that apparently A.J. Green left on not-super-great terms. Here is a quote from a source. You know, again, take it for what it's worth. They got a really good receiver in T. Higgins last year and they have to protect Joe Burrow. But the way they see it is the team lost A.J. Green, and after what turned into a contentious relationship, the priority of many in the front office is to replace Green with another receiver and stick it to him. In other words, they already got T. Higgins. T. Higgins looks pretty good. 
They really need to protect Joe Burrow. That should be the priority. However, A.J. Green left. It got a little ugly. And so now they want to go out and get a wide receiver so they can say that they replaced him and really stick it in A.J. Green's face. I don't know if that's true, but I've mentioned many times on this podcast how pathetic the Bengals organization is, so I wouldn't put it past them. There are expectations of trades in the draft. Number one, Zach Ertz. He is expected to be traded at some point over the weekend. Do I expect the Packers to get a hold of him? No, I do not. Zach Ertz, I don't think, is going to be a massive improvement over what we have. It's going to cost um, draft capital that we do not need to be giving up, and it's going to cost money that we can't really afford. Another name that is potentially going to be traded um, either prior to the draft this week, in other words, coming up or over the weekend during the draft, is Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, obviously, they can pick up some additional compensation. I don't know what they could get out of him, but uh, I, I don't think they would get a first-round pick, but maybe. I guess that largely depends on his contract situation. I don't even know how old the guy is anymore. Maybe they could get the Bears to, to go get him for their first. I don't, I don't know, but it's something to keep an eye on. Or at least remember, the 49ers have a quarterback that is worth more traded than on their roster. Um, another name that we have not heard about that could go early as as early as round one is uh, Peyton Turner. Who the heck is Peyton Turner? Exactly. Houston edge rusher. Apparently, not only may he go in the first round, he might go earlier than Gregory Rousseau. I should probably say that the other way around. He's expected to go earlier than Gregory Rousseau, could be as early as the first round. So that's pretty staggering. As far as what I see on PFF, I do see something a little bit more promising. Six foot six, 270 pounds. He's played for four years. He's gotten better every single year. Overall grade, 61, 72, 76, and then 87. Pass rush grade was average the first two years, went up to a 74, and then a 90 overall. It was a shortened year, so I don't know if you want to you know, take it with a grain of salt, I guess. But in uh, just five games, he had five sacks, so that's pretty impressive. He only had 11 pressures, but he only had 103 attempts, so still over 10%. But, um, yeah, apparently he's getting all kinds of buzz. I, if I had to guess, he's not going first round, but I, I, it sounds like he's going to be gone in the second round. And this is not a guy who we've heard in the second round, which, again, not only is it first round, but second round. All these names are crazy um, insofar as some of these guys are going to be in the first round, which means some of these first round guys are going to go in the second round. A lot of these guys that we heard about in the second round are not going to go in the second round because some of them are just going to be pushed out because first round guys are going to be in here. And then some of these guys are going to get pushed out because there's guys that we thought were third, fourth, fifth, sixth round guys that are going to end up going here. Interestingly enough, on the consensus board, Peyton Turner has almost gotten into the second round. Um, Obviously not a first-round prospect yet, but you've seen he was on March 1st as low as 138th. He's currently sitting at 69th on the big board. Uh, Finally, the last little bit here. Apparently the Cowboys are torn between Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn. I find that extremely hard to believe, but uh, I hope they take J.C. Horn because I think Sertan is considerably a better player football player and if the Dallas doesn't get them I'll be happy although it means he could end up going to another team like uh, Minnesota or Chicago or something which could be horrible probably not I mean Arizona would take him which would be fine go out to Arizona I couldn't care any less but anyways I think that's enough of that I think we got it covered my my kings and queens <laughs> she freaks me out because her mind you seen that guy on TikTok what a creep that guy is if you know you know I don't know it's it's so weird the weird part is it seems like some people actually like it, which really freaks me out. The guy is just a grade-A creep. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break. We'll come back, and we'll do this seven-round Green Bay Packers mock draft, and we'll see what we can do. Full disclosure, I've never done a mock draft and liked it. 
Never. So we'll see how it goes. But we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Now, since you can't see this i don't think i'm going to be doing any kind of trades if i was doing a video i might pause it we could talk about it go over blah 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 i'm not really interested in doing that just because again it's it's kind of a visual component wanting to trade and trying to keep all that stuff in your head so um just gonna avoid doing that i will let you know who's available and we'll go from there um at 29 it looks like i mean it you know went right according with the board there's no real nobody really fell very far uh, the top 10 kind of go right in line here as far as what you would expect. Nothing super crazy. Trey Lance did go to the Patriots. Uh, the Bears landed Mac Jones. Probably won't happen. But if, if Mac Jones doesn't go three, that's entirely possible. Uh, Greg Newsom went 21 to the Colts. Rashad Bateman went to the Titans. Uh, Morig went to the Jaguars. I'm just listing people that you might be interested in. Barmore went to the Browns at 26. Zavin went 28 to the Saints. Leaving us, Rousseau, Tony, Oway, Etienne, Marshall, Sam Cosme, Elijah Moore, Landon Dickerson, blah, 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 blah. Now, again, I, I am extremely skeptical of certain positions outside of the first round. One of those positions is offensive tackle. Now, we can try in the second round because I know the, the consensus is, oh, there's some great second-round prospects. Yeah, and I'm sure this isn't the first year that people have thought that. Find me the guys who are second-round picks that are actually panning out. So as much as I would love to grab Elijah Moore, as much as I would love to grab Kadarius Toney, um, as much as I think Jason Owe is probably, if I, if I were to do a predictive pick, it would be somebody like Jason Owe, just because that seems like what the Packers would do. I just think that going with Samuel Cosme at 34 overall makes the most sense. It's going to help us reshuffle our offensive line. Billy Turner gets kicked inside. Cosme does have left tackle and right tackle experience, so he can play left if he has to and then kick back over to right tackle. And again, I, I, I just don't feel comfortable waiting on this position because eventually what's going to happen if I don't get him in the first two rounds is I'm just going to say I don't want to waste a pick on a fifth-round tackle or a fourth-round tackle. Yes, I know David Bakhtiari. I get that. There's always an outlier, but I just, I just don't like it. So with the 29th overall pick, the Green Bay Packers select Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle, Texas. Obviously, Davion Nixon is top of the board here. I don't feel super comfortable with that. You got Quinn Miner sitting here. Could go back-to-back -back offensive line if we really wanted to. I don't know that I want to. Jabril Cox went to the Chiefs. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown went to the Colts. And as I'm looking at it, you know, the, the tackles, I mean, there is Brady Christensen at 75 overall, Jackson Carmen, but 
I'm comfortable with what I went with. Um, wide receiver, Tylen Wallace, Amari Rogers. I know this is linebacker territory, but it's like Baron Browning, Chaz Surratt, Pete Werner, Dylan Moses. I don't know, man. Baron Browning is a little bit tempting. Linebacker out of Ohio State. My biggest concern is he was real solid in 2017 and 2020, but not good in 2018 and 2019. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. His first and last year were good. His middle years were terrible, especially since in his first and last year, his biggest asset was coverage. And in his two middle years, his worst trait was coverage. I don't know what he is. Here's what I'm going to do. And I know this isn't going to be everybody's favorite, but it really just comes down to I'm looking at the available prospects and I just want a good player. I could just pick a position and say, I think this is the second most important position and all that kind of stuff, but I just want somebody that can be a stud. And the linebackers I'm looking at are mediocre. The corners I'm looking at are mediocre. I don't want Davion Nixon. Again, could go Quinn, but I, I, I can wait on interior. The guy that's here, that's available, that I think is still a very good football player, that can get everybody fired up with the 62nd overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select, Tylen Wallace, wide receiver, Oklahoma State. He got four years at Oklahoma State. He's only 21 years old. He'll be 22 soon enough, but he's only 21 years old. Four years, basically his only year in which he wasn't unbelievably dominant was his first year, and his overall grade was a 77, which is still fantastic. Other than that, 86, 81, and 86 all over again. He played basically a full year in 2020, so it's not like that was a... It's been three consistent years of domination. He actually grades out quite well as a run blocker, which is one of the very rare traits in a wide receiver. At six foot 190, um, his worst ever run blocking grade in 2019 was a 68. Other, his other grades, 71, 77, and an 82 back in 2017. This past year, 922 yards, six touchdowns, 15.6 yards per reception. That was actually his lowest, uh, 16.9, 17.3, and 16.9 career average of 16.7 yards per reception about 13% of the time in the slot, so he is an outside guy, which is what we're looking for, that true number two. He's got real good hands. He's had uh, four drops on the entire season. Seems like that maybe was a little bit of a problem in the past, but this year he got it completely uh, fixed up. 56.5 contested catch rate, which again, 50% is not even that bad because you got three options. Number one, you catch it. Number two, the defender catches it. Number three, nobody catches it. In terms of his receiving depth, I mean, just dominant across the board on, on passes under 10 yards, 93 overall grade. Passes between 10 and 19 yards, 93.9. Passes 20 yards or deeper, 94 overall grade. 12 of 28 for 408 yards and three touchdowns on passes beyond 20 yards. And those make up 30.4% of his targets. So it is the majority of his targets, 28% on medium passes, 27% on short passes, 14% behind the line of scrimmage. Pretty rare to see somebody where the majority of the times when they get targeted, it's beyond 20 yards, but he provides that. He's got 448 speed, which is not blazing fast, but I mean, that is traditionally pretty fast. I mean, we got so many guys running in the four threes and low four fours. Four four eight starts to seem slow. It's not. But anyways, we are now on the clock at pick 92. Guys at the top of the board, we got Jay Tufele sitting right here. You got Kenneth Gainwell at running back, Pete Werner, a linebacker out of Ohio State, Tommy Tremble, who a lot of people love. Milton Williams, defensive line, Tommy Togiai, Hamza Nasruddin at safety. I really like a lot of these names, actually. So as far as needs, obviously, cornerback is not really sitting here. Uh, the next best is Sean Wade at 114. As I said before, I, I, I do think that this could be a position where you really triple up at some point. In other words, you don't get it early, but you really hammer it 
a bunch of times to try to get depth and also hope that one of them can actually quite pan out. Now, that's not my plan going in, but I'm not going to reach just because there's nobody here. As far as dire needs, it would be nice to get a defensive lineman. Linebacker would be great, but it doesn't have to be super early. I think Tufele is a little too vanilla for me. He reminds me of Davion Nixon a little bit. He's fine across the board, right? Decent run defender, decent pass rush. The grades are all fine, but 26 pressures on 368 attempts. It's just, it's nothing special. And if you're not a a dominant pass rusher, you should be a dominant run defender, and he's neither. Tommy Tremble is obviously a very fun option as far as a blocker, and I I wouldn't be mad if the Packers took him, but I think Packer fans would be mad if I took him here in a mock draft. Not everybody. Some people love him, but I mean, just just a purely dominant blocker that is going to do wonders in the run game, but he, he offers almost nothing as a receiver, and again, at this early in the draft, it's just not super interesting to me to get a blocker. Somebody that is somewhat intriguing, Milton Williams, six foot four, two seventy eight. Now I don't, I don't know. The problem is he plays for Louisiana Tech, so he's got some real good games against like UAB, UTSA, North Texas, TCU, uh, Southern Mississippi, Houston Baptist, and I mean he's real good. I mean, you're talking a, a twenty eighteen seventy overall, twenty nineteen seventy two, and in twenty twenty he exploded ninety point eight overall, eighty eight run defense, ninety pass rush had 30 pressures on 248 attempts. I mean, that's 12%. Six sacks, 12% on top of being a dominant run defender. I understand the competition level isn't great, but that's what I want to see. I want to see somebody that dominated. But I think at the end of the day, I know who I'm going to pick. Um, And it's similar to that, but it's not quite that. With the 93rd or 92nd overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Tommy Togei, defensive lineman, Ohio State, and I'm sure I'm butchering his last name. I don't care. Maybe people should stop having stupid last names. It's phonetic, okay? It's a phonetic pronunciation. Togi I, A-I. I had mentioned Tommy on Twitter, actually. There was somebody had asked who's, you know, who's underrated, basically, and I said, how about Tommy? He hasn't played a ton. He only played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, and it was still the most snaps he played in any one uh, season. In fact, he's only had 659 snaps in three years at Ohio State. So why did I pick him? Well, he's kind of similar to what you get in Milton Williams in terms of production. 87 run defense grade, 77 pass rush, 24 pressures on 189 attempts, only two sacks. People are going to see two sacks in three years, and they're going to say this guy's garbage. Again, 659 total snaps. He didn't start all that much, but major program. 86 overall grade against Clemson, a 93.5 run defense grade against Clemson. Anybody have any idea who Clemson's running back is or who their offensive linemen are? That's impressive. And that's 50 snaps he played. That's not like he was out there four times. Uh, 82 overall grade against Michigan State, 82 overall grade against Indiana, 82 against Penn State. These are not minor programs. He's a great tackler. And again, the statistics, uh, the, the grades for his run defense were fantastic. The statistics for his pass rush, despite not getting a lot of sacks, were really good. 24 pressures, 189 attempts. He's at 12.7%. So it's a little bit high risk because it kind of came out of nowhere. But he put on a show in 2020. So that's the direction we're going. Back on the clock now at pick 135 in the fourth round. We've got another pick coming up very shortly at 142. It's good to keep that in mind because you don't want to reach too much when you got another pick coming up. I mean, you don't want to risk it, but I will say there's a guy sitting right here that I already know that I like. And although he might be there the next time around, again, I just want to take guys that I think are really good. And as I go through these guys and I look at their grades, it's a lot of just, this guy... 
just lights up like a Christmas tree. Now, he's 5'11", 197, a little bit smaller, absolutely no hype. You never hear the guy's name. Did not play in 2020, but 2,583 snaps he's played at Oregon. Uh, wasn't super great in 2017, but 2018, 2019, the guy was locked down. And I'm not going to risk losing him. So with the 135th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Thomas Graham, cornerback, out of Oregon. Now, it's possible the guy ends up getting moved to the slot. PFF seems to think that might be a good fit. He did not play in the slot at Oregon whatsoever. And again, it's a relatively big school. I I mean, he's going up against Auburn. He's going up against Stanford. He's going up against Colorado. These are teams that have good wide receivers. USC with Amon Ra. Arizona State. So again, when you see a guy that over the last two years has had an 80 and an 83 overall uh, coverage grade, it's pretty impressive, especially this late uh, as it as it is. Anyways, again on the clock at 142 in the fourth round. Um, you got Derek Barnes sitting there at 140 overall, which is still a decent value, the linebacker that I mentioned. But again, I didn't really see a lot in him, so I'm not super excited. Um, the only cornerback I see here is Tay Gowan. He did have one good year, but it's such a high-risk thing with him. He, he played in like 2019, and then the last time before that was like 2017 or 2016 or something weird. It's just, it's not super exciting. Bunch of wide receivers, Anthony Schwartz, Samir Smith-Marset, um, Sage Surratt. None of these guys really do it for me. One guy that does get me a little bit excited, and although it may not be the top of everybody's list in terms of priorities, I do think it is a priority. And I think the guy's an absolute stud. He has the consistency. He has the growth. He has the talent. He has the program. With the 142nd pick in the fourth round of the 2021 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Shaka Tony, edge rusher, Penn State. Also forgot to mention he's got the name. So six foot three, 252, not really the biggest type of guy, but we're so stacked with the 270-pound edge rushers. If Joe Barry wants to get a little bit more smaller speed bend, just pure pass rusher. Shaka Tony fits that mold, um, while at the same time not really being a terrible run defender. 77, 62, 75, 67. So he's kind of alternated every year between being real good and real bad, but at, at not even real bad, real good and average. But the point is what really matters, his pass rush grades, 88, 75, 79, 81. He's just hovered between good and really, really good. This past year was a little bit more condensed, 23 pressures, 5 sacks on 201 attempts. Puts him at 11.4%. Obviously not the most impressive in the world. The year prior to that, though, 43 pressures on 340 attempts and 8 sacks, which is 12.6%. He had 20 of 196, which is obviously roughly 10%. And then prior to that, his first year, which he had the highest grade um, pass rush, was 31 pressures on 161 attempts, also had 8 sacks, uh, excuse me, 4 sacks in that season. So again, the sacks are not all that impressive, but when you look at pressures, when you look at how he grades out, when you look at the consistency, and from the Packers' perspective, I don't know what's going on with Zadarius. I'm fairly confident Preston isn't going to be around. We still don't know 100% how good uh, Rashawn is. You would like to take a swing at it. If you get a guy that's going to give you, even if he doesn't give you anything but pass rush, that's kind of cool. In terms of his ability to cover, uh, 54, 66, 76, and 71. So that did get a little bit better, but overall, I mean, it's it's a mediocre at best, asset. So anyways, really quickly recapping here, we've got our tackle, Sam Cosme, in the first round. We went and got Tylen Wallace at pick 62. Uh, Tommy Togiai at 92, defensive tackle. 
cornerback Thomas Graham Jr. at 135, Shaka Tony edge rusher at 142. Just generally looking forward, it would be nice to get more cornerback help. We do need more depth there. Uh, more wide receiver help would definitely be beneficial. Again, we're probably losing several guys. Um, so not only do we want to get a really solid number two, which Tylen Wallace should be, but we're going to need probably some more backups on top of that. Again, same with corner. Still need to address linebacker if there are any interior guys, which I have seen almost none through this entire process, like none, outside of, you know, round two. Safety is a possibility, tight end, running back. I mean, these are all things we could potentially address, but um, as far as things I feel I need to do, you know, linebacker, interior, and then more wide receiver, corner, depth, whatever. But again, my primary goal here isn't just to grab somebody because of a position. I want to find guys that I think are actually really solid. So number one here, we got Joshua Bledsoe, cornerback out of Missouri. He fits, right? Why not, you know, double down on corner in the middle rounds? Because he's not very good. That's why. And I'll be honest, I kind of hate this spot. We got two picks coming up. I'm not a huge fan of, of really any of these guys. I have a feeling I'm really going to be reaching. Oh, yeah, I like this guy. <laughs> Again, he's kind of a smaller guy. I kind of like him, though. And by kind of, I mean a lot like him. And again, he might be there as we go through this list, but I don't know if I really want to risk it. No risk it, no biscuit. All right, we're doing it. So we're, we're reaching a little bit. In fact, even on our next pick, it would technically be considered reaching. He kind of fits the mold of somebody I already took, so it might not be, you know, if you want to kind of mix it up a little bit, Maybe this isn't the best pick, but again, I just want good football players, and we need more depth at the position. So with the 173rd pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Zach McPherson, cornerback out of Texas Tech. So again, 5'11", 195, kind of a smaller guy, does not play the slot at Texas Tech. And I know people are rolling their eyes, Texas Tech defender, way to go. But again, he's he's done a fantastic job. Uh, four years at, at, or excuse me, two years at Penn State, two years at Texas Tech. Through those four years, his grades have been 72, 71, 75, and 83. This was a big year in 2020. Coverage grades, 73, 69, 74, 85. Run defense has been solid over three of the four years. Tackling has never been bad. Two of those years, very good. Two of the years in the middle, kind of mediocre, whatever. Maybe he needs to move to slot. I don't know. As of right now, he did not play in the slot. He played against some fairly big programs. Texas, 73 overall grade. TCU, 84. Oklahoma State, 84. I mean, these are programs with big wide receivers in terms of stature as well as, you know, program and whatnot. But uh, this past year, passer rating when targeted, 71.5. 36 receptions on 53 targets, 323 yards. He gave up three touchdowns. Had four interceptions and six pass breakups. Uh, his entire career, I mean, that's the first time he got an interception in his career. He's never had one, and he got four this past year. So that's where you see the growth. Um, the most pack up pass breakups he's had, also the most touchdowns he's given up, but not by much because it was only three total. So again, I wish the guy was six foot two, 210 pounds, but it is what it is. I just want a good football player. With the 178th pick, I'm actually going to massively reach here um, because I found a guy that I actually really, really, really like. And although he may be available when we pick again in the sixth round at 214, there's a good chance he won't be. And I just don't feel like messing around. Um, he is currently ranked 211th and we're at 178. But again, I'm just looking at positions in need and I'm going through and I'm just trying to say, if I don't pick at this position, am I going to find anybody in this entire draft? Because I found a guy... Um, Ernest Jones, a linebacker to South Carolina that I kind of like, 
good run defender, kind of mediocre in terms of coverage, which maybe is good enough. Um, but this guy's really solid. And, and again, it's a massive reach, but I don't know that I care. Because again, he's not going to make it probably to the next pick. And um, he's pretty impressive. So with the 178th pick in the fifth round of the 2021 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Justin Hilliard, linebacker, Ohio State. We got our second Ohio State guy, and I think this is the third Ohio State linebacker to go off the board, but he's probably my favorite in terms of just how he grades out and everything. So first of all, five years at Ohio State. The first two years he didn't play very much, but he still graded out very well. 2018, he got his first big-time role, didn't grade out super well, but he's always been a dominant run defender. 2019, 78 overall grade. 2020, 82 overall grade. Solid run defense. The difference is his coverage grades. And from 2016 on, 64, 53, 49, 80, and 81. I don't know what happened these last two years, but you got a six foot one, 231 pound guy who's always been good against the run, but also has learned to cover in his last two years at Ohio State. Is for, if you look at NFL passer rating in order: 95, 100, 118, 30, and 72. This past year, 15 receptions on 17 targets for 124 yards, zero touchdowns, one pick. 72.5 passer rating when targeted. The year prior, four receptions on six targets, only five yards given up on four receptions, zero touchdowns and a pick, zero pass breakups. He was only targeted six times and he picked one of them off. So to be fair, he was not in coverage all that often, although he wasn't even on the field all that often, which again, kind of, it's very similar to Togiai. He's a guy that didn't see the field as much. He was a rotational guy that was a little bit further down the depth chart, but when he was on the field, he did a very good job. I'm going to take the high upside with Justin Hilliard. So we have uh, three picks left, 214 in the sixth round, 220 in the sixth round, and 256 in the seventh. We did get our second cornerback. We don't have to do more. We did get our linebacker who's going to be able to come in and compete with the linebackers we've already got. We have a defensive lineman. We could always get another one. We could always get a third corner if we wanted to. Um, I don't think edge, another edge is off the board. Interior offensive line, obviously, is still very important. Um Running back is an option. Wide receiver, getting more depth there is an option. Um, and pretty much everything is still on the table at this point. There's really nothing, including quarterback, by the way. We only have two on the team. Having a third one, especially very late, I mean, why not? So, I mean, it's literally, I'm just going to find the best available player and just pick them. That's kind of what's just going to happen. And I'm a little bit nervous because... The top four guys are edge rushers, and I hope I don't like them. William, uh, Victor Dimakaj, William Bradley King, Malcolm Kuntz, Chauncey Golston, all edge rushers are our top four options. I did find one guy that I like at a position of need, so we'll stash that one aside. I do have a pick again at, at 220, so hopefully I'll be able to find a couple guys that I like, and, and two of them will be available with these two picks. One of them for sure, and I think he might be my pick, but let's see what else we got. And to be honest, as much as I'm looking for potential interior offensive linemen, we grabbed three last year. We could add another sixth-round pick to the list if we want, but we got one of the three that we know we like and that potentially could start. We've got two of the three that we really just haven't seen yet. So, you know, again, we could add another one if we wanted to, but I'm, I'm kind of to the point where it's like I don't feel a lot of pressure to do more there. All right, I know what I'm doing. So the top available wide receiver is Shai Smith. I'm not a big fan of his, but the second best, I believe second best wide receiver on here is a guy that I am interested in. And so with the 214th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select 
Jonathan Adams Jr., wide receiver, Arkansas State, Arkansas. So now we're getting our big boy. All right, we've added a lot of kind of smaller guys. I mean, our, our previous Tylen Wallace is six foot, so he's not super small. We got two small corners. We've got kind of a smaller defensive tackle. Everybody's been small, not on purpose, just it's the way that it is. Jonathan Adams is six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds, and you better believe he can block. On top of that, um, there's a note here on PFF's thing that's got to get everybody a little bit excited. It says. If we were scouting only the best grabs of 2020, Adams might be wide receiver one. He mossed defensive backs more than any receiver in the country last year. So you might be looking at it saying, how does a six foot three, 220 pound guy who just wins contested catches like nothing else, 62% by the way, how does he fall this far? Because that's all he can do. It goes on to say that's low on the list of skills you want as, a, as an NFL receiver. However, Adams' ability to execute anything outside of a vertical tree is a serious question mark. But here's the thing. We've got a depth guy. He's a big human being that can run in a straight line and catch contested catches. Basically a borderline tight end. He can block. We can put him in line. We can put him outside. He was 9% in the slot. You know, he can do it. He'll do it a lot more for the Packers. And you get in the red zone, and basically we just put him in a spot where he's just going to go up and get it. Maybe he makes the team. Maybe he doesn't. But guess what? He's another guy that we can like for a few years until we can't wait to get rid of him so that we can get rid of the guys now that we liked for a few years, and now it's time to get rid of them. So we've got two corners, we've got two wide receivers, we've got a linebacker, an edge rusher, a defensive lineman, and an offensive tackle. Again, I'm not pushing for interior offensive line. If something came up, great. Same with safety. If something comes up, awesome. Tight end, all that stuff. As far as needs, I think we've addressed them. We can go for more depth. We can go for a different position like running back, quarterback, whatever. And so I think I know who I've got. Again, a little bit of a reach. we got about five guys that are a little bit better than he is in terms of their ranking, but I like this person a little bit better. With the 220th overall pick in the sixth round, the Green Bay Packers select Elijah Griffin, cornerback, USC. So we officially did the triple up. It wasn't boom, boom, boom like usual where it's like 142, 173, 178. We did 135 in the fourth, 173 in the fifth, and then 220 in the sixth, but we still did triple up at a position of need. We do get a little bit more height, and by you know by one inch at six foot 175, he is a smaller guy in terms of weight. But um, again, USC, he's played for three years, two years kind of consistently, and he has gotten better every year. 54, 67, and then 80 coverage grade, 52, 68, 81. So it's a little bit high risk because you know there's not a lot here. We're talking about 1,100 snaps in three years. The first year you can almost scrap. The third year was a half a year because of COVID. So he's got one full year under his belt. But he had a very solid 2020. And we're talking back of the sixth round, you start taking some some risks. But um, didn't really have a single bad game. His worst grade in uh, 2020 was week 15 against UCLA, 65. His worst coverage grade of the season was 67.9. He was targeted 17, 17 times. Only eight of those were caught for 101 yards. No touchdowns given up. Had a pick and two pass breakups. 41.5 pass rating when targeted. The year prior, uh, which was his first, his only real full year, 23 of 54, which is not even 50% reception percentage, for 231 yards. Two touchdowns given up, which isn't great. Zero interceptions, but five pass breakups. 67.7 pass rating when targeted. So, again, he he's not bad. He's never really been bad. He's been a decent, solid cornerback. Again, not really the big old size that you want, even though he's six foot, he's 175, but I'm trying. I got us another inch. And again, we, we don't have much by way of human beings playing the position. So bringing in three guys, um, you know, 
hopefully we get somebody that can play better than Kevin King and then a bunch of guys that can contribute, you know, be backups or slot or whatever. And then finally for fun, um, also a hat tip. It's it's not even a question because I've seen this guy's name pop up a couple times, and every time I do I get excited even though it's a smaller school guy, but his grades are off the chart. Um, Also, JJ mentioned him on his podcast when he filled in for me, so we're going to go ahead and go with him. With the 256th pick in the seventh round, the Green Bay Packers select Elijah Mitchell, running back, Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. 5'11", 218, he fits the mold perfectly, right? 5'10", 220 kind of a guy. But, and again, smaller school, but four years, 77, 83, 86, 86. Those are his overall offensive grades. 78, 80, 87, 86 are his running grades. Um... In 2019, he had 1,147 yards, which was, again, his his only real, like, full, full season. And he had 16 touchdowns, 6.2 yards per carry. He's got 41 touchdowns, four fumbles in his career. Yards per carry after contact, 4.14. Uh, 143 missed tackles forced. This past year alone, 41. Longest rush was 59 yards, 21 carries over 10 yards. Largely a zone runner, right? 121 compared to 20 in, in gap running. As a receiver, he didn't grade out super well, but he, uh, outside of 2018 when he had an 85 overall grade. But still, this past year, 16 receptions on 19 targets for 153 yards, 9.6 yards per reception. PFF has his um, NFL comp to TJ Yeldon. And then if you just look at what they say for the bottom line, it says Mitchell ticks a ton of boxes, but his level of competition is concerning. And I've, I've had that with a couple picks where look, I'm going for the upside. He, he's a great player, and that's all I know, and, and maybe he's only great because he's playing against garbage competition and he can't do it in the NFL. But if he can, we got a great player and a steal. If we continue on with what they had to say about him, Louisiana has quietly had one of the best run games in the FBS in recent years. They've already produced a number of NFL offensive linemen and running backs over the past few years, and Mitchell looks like the next in line. He has very obvious NFL skill set with his combination of size, speed, and explosiveness. This jumps off the screen right away given the competition level. He wouldn't look out of place at all starting next week in the league. There's not too much in the way of special traits that he possesses, however, which means he likely ends up somewhere on day three. His uh, 40 time, by the way, 4.38. So dude is fast. At at 5.10, he actually weighed in at 201 at his pro day, so apparently he cut weight, but whatever. Dude is blazing fast. Also explosive, 128-inch on the broad jump, 38-inch vertical. If you look at pros and cons, it says ideal build for an all-around back. Ticks the speed and burst boxes you want to see for an NFL back. Talented footwork for a bigger back. Three years of production. The weaknesses, it says weak competition level, 44 uh, career carries versus power five defenses. Runs high in space. Cuts often take uh, a gather. What? Whatever. Hesitancy into contact. Rare to see him lower the shoulders. Ran behind the dominant Louisiana line that has produced multiple NFL players. Again, I'm fine with it. They got him as a sixth-round player. I got him in the seventh round. I'm happy. So, in our seven-round mock draft, as far as we'll just go position by position, right? The offensive line didn't add very much, but we got the biggest piece, which is the offensive tackle, which means we're going to have to figure out how to shuffle the interior which obviously is not going to be that big of a problem. We've got it as well as the competition with the guys we drafted last year, not just Runyon, but the other two guys that are going to have a better opportunity to try to actually win their jobs. We're going to add Sam Cosme. Again, he'll probably start at left tackle if Bakhtiari isn't there. At least hopefully that'll be the case, and then he'll slide over to right tackle when Bakhtiari comes back. 
As far as the backfield, obviously, we just added Elijah Mitchell, so we'll have our, our three-headed monster of Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Elijah Mitchell. Tight end, we didn't add anybody, but at wide receiver, we added Tylen Wallace in the second round, who is a fantastic wide receiver, and especially as a deep threat. And then got our big boy, Jonathan Adams, 6'3", 220-pound powerhouse. That's just going to muscle people out of the way. Both of these guys, by the way, can block. So we added two guys, very rare skill set to find wide receivers that can block. We got two of the guys that can actually do it when they're asked to do it. On the defensive side of the ball, along the line, we got Tommy Togiai, a little bit of a, a higher risk prospect in terms of hasn't haven't seen a ton of him. But when he's on the field for a very big program, he's done a very good job. We also got an additional edge rusher in Shaka Tony, a little bit of a smaller, speedier guy. So he's maybe going to come out on third down and long. Probably won't see him a ton because, again, we've got Zadarius, we got Preston, we got Rashawn. But he's got a great group of guys to learn behind, a great edge coach to, to learn from. And then hopefully we get him slowly acclimated in. And we may need to add more guys after this starting next year, depending on how many we lose. But it's a good start, at least for now, to, to get a guy up to speed and ready to go by next year. At uh, linebacker, we added Justin Hilliard. So we've already got our group of linebackers. Hilliard's going to come in. Very similar to Tommy Togiai, again, Ohio State, same school, but also just based on he didn't play very much, but when he did, he was very good, not just as a run defender, but as a coverage guy. And given his size, that's kind of what we're leaning toward. So we're going to have, you know, Kamal Martin as going to be our just true smash mouth run defender. And then ideally, Justin Hilliard is going to be the chase and drop into coverage linebacker. Now, it doesn't seem great that we waited until the fifth round, but Kamal Martin was a fifth-round pick, and that's worked out pretty well. And again, based on what I saw out of Justin Hilliard, he's better than a lot of the guys I passed in the third and fourth round, at least in terms of what we're looking for. I think you get him later because of the high risk, but the skill set seems to be there. At cornerback, we did triple up. We got Thomas Graham, very talented guy that's a little bit smaller. At In the fifth round, Zach McPherson, cornerback out of Texas Tech. Same exact thing. Smaller guy, but has shown a lot of promise. And then finally, Elijah Griffin, not quite as talented as the other guys, also a smaller prospect at 175 pounds, but all three of these guys are very, very talented and have done a good job at corner in their respective schools, and all of them, with the exception maybe of McPherson, at fairly big schools, and even Texas Tech, they go up against some really tough competition. So they've gone up against the best of the best, and they've won. That's about it. We didn't do anything else at safety, long snapper, punter, kicker, any of that kind of stuff. We did not get a quarterback, although that was on the table. We'll wait till undrafted free agency. But there you have it. That is our seven-round mock draft. I am going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic, what is it, Wednesday? Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.